Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Welcome to the latest Access VFX podcast. Uh, This one is particularly timely. We're recording this on the 30th of October, which was supposed to be a day before the big B word. Uh, And this podcast is specifically about Brexit. And from a studio slash HR perspective in terms of how Brexit is or is not affecting the industry, and also how it's affecting our workforce and what people can do if they're worried about Brexit. So we're joined by several people around the table. If you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Valentina from Framestore. Hi, I'm Nikki from Outpost. And Neil from UK Screen. And I'm Amy from Framestore. So let's start off with how Brexit has been having an impact on the industry so far. Um, Should we start with thinking about people who are currently working in Europe who perhaps might like to work in the UK and how it's affecting people's willingness to actually make that move? Does anyone have any experience of of that? Um, Certainly from Outpost point of view, I think we have um, seen maybe that there's been a slight decline in people wanting to uh, make the move from Europe across to the UK. I think once they're in the UK, people seem to be more willing to kind of stay and move around in the UK, but I certainly think there's a challenge in maybe getting people here in the first place. Um, But I know recently, last six months or so, we've um, had two artists leave us to go work in Germany. So um, that's, you know, who could tell if that was specifically a Brexit issue or was that a... Um, other reasons uncertain um, but but certainly it's having an impact I would say. Do you think that's just because people think oh I might need a visa now or do you think it's actually that they feel that the UK is a less sort of welcoming place do you have any sense? To be honest I think it's really difficult to say I think this is probably answering a more personal perspective I think people probably feel like they're less welcome but I also think with so much uncertainty, it's got to infect people. So I think the uncertainty is a huge part of it. I think we're a bit bit isolated from the general public in Mm. in our industry because we're predominantly a young industry and the younger generation voted to remain in the EU. Mm. And uh, obviously we're very um, interested in Europe. So we, we, we really want to keep and be part of Europe. We're also in the creative industries and 96% of people in the creative industries voted to remain in Europe. And and so it, you're very unlikely actually to come across many people who voted leave. So actually once you're in the industry, mm. it's a very welcoming environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, the, the, there is not a hostility towards uh, Europeans or anybody in our industry. We're very open and welcoming. So I, I don't think that should be a barrier. And I think a lot of it is uh, for people who are not yet in the UK, 
it's it's a kind of a communications barrier. They don't know what the situation is because they're not living it every single day like we are. Mm. And and there really is, if, if you are intending to come to the UK, there's no, no barrier at the moment because free movement of people is, in effect, not going to end until probably the 30th of December next year. Not this year, next year. So there's absolutely no change up until that point. I'm sure in the discussion we'll get into what will change after that. But if you're, you know, if you're already here or thinking of coming, there's no barriers at the moment. Yeah, and people just want to be reassured, really, because maybe um, if they are like um, still like in the country, mm -hmm. they receive like mixed messages from the media, and they just want to know, okay, where we are, um, can I actually, um, I need a visa, can I come free like to to the UK? Mm -hmm. So it's just more sometimes to provide the right information so they can. Yeah. Uh, um, come here. Definitely, and I think certainly it's it's that communication about trying to, to ensure that people do know they're very welcome and we want yes. them here and we're encouraging it and doing everything we possibly can um, to promote that. And also, we want to create really inclusive, diverse workplaces. And so therefore, you know, we want to encourage that. We yeah. don't want to kind of close the borders and close the doors here. Um, it's absolutely complete opposite to what we're trying to do. Absolutely. We, we um, had 18 people start with us on Monday on a new training programme we're doing here at Framestore. And of the 18, 13 of them have come from EU countries and I think about 11 different EU countries as well. So, um, you know, we absolutely want to have yeah. a diverse workforce. And I think all 13 of those people asked me at interview whether they were going to be OK coming to the UK. Um, so, yeah, it is definitely something they need reassurance about, yeah. for sure. Just to be absolutely clear, there is no need at the moment for a visa. That yeah. will happen after uh, January the 1st, 2021. We, and we can talk about that, but mm -hmm. it does involve a bit of crystal ball gazing at the moment because it's not exactly certain what's going to happen. But right up until that period, if you're coming from Europe, you will not need a visa. And... Nikki and, and Vale, have you noticed a difference um, in the actual existing EU workforce? You know, have people been coming to see you with concerns or like like you said, Nikki, have you noticed that people are leaving and returning to Europe? You know, if you, you noticed an impact on our existing workforce? I definitely like noticed in the last couple of weeks that um, people felt like the urgency to check if they have to do something. Um, to have to apply, there is already something in place. Um, obviously, we try to communicate to give them like all the information, but sometimes they're very busy just working and mm. focus on the uh, on the job, and they um, just like coming to checking in with us. It's like yeah, so I've been here five years, or um, we actually experienced so many different scenarios. People that maybe they've been two years in Canada, and after they come back, but maybe they've been here previously, like for the other six years. So they just want to some help, reassurance again, and uh, so mm, yeah. In the last couple of weeks, it was like definitely mm. like people like uh, coming to knock to the door and say, "Can I check? Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. going to happen?" And I think um, yeah, I think it's reassurance of people just to d d provide as much information as we know. We haven't got all the answers clearly, <laughs> but you know, as much of the important information, we'll kind of try and break it down really clearly and just keep regular communications out with the team we kind of 
put in place like an Android phone so that people can kind of access that if they want to. So just trying to do what we can to support people. Um, I think certainly uh, not long ago I had one um, team member approach me who was a bit worried because I think there was kind of a big headline saying people from the EU were going to be evicted at a certain point. I can't remember what the headline was, well, but it was, was scaremongering. completely wrong. And, um, yeah. and he came to me kind of quite worried about that. So, uh, so certainly there is worry out there. Um, yeah, I think so. Well... I mean, let's let's deal with this with the people who are already here, shall we? Because that's the, that's the bit we know, is that if you're already from the EU and working in the UK, you can stay. Absolutely, you can stay and you can work and you can access our health system and all of that kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't matter how long you've been here. Even if you arrived yesterday, it's the same as if you've been here 40 years. So you've got to apply for what's called settlement which is you either get a settled status or a pre-settled status, depending on how long you've been here. And it's very easy to apply. You mentioned the Android phone. Uh, you can now do it on an iPhone. Since the last two weeks, it's now available okay. on an iPhone. Amazing. And all you do basically is you scan your documents, your passport, take a selfie, scan your face with it, and scan the chip in your passport. And then you can complete the application either on your phone or you can do it on a desktop PC or a tablet. And most people are getting a decision very quickly, either pre-settled or settled status. If, you, if you've been here for five consecutive years, you'll get settled status. And the way you prove that you've been here, the easiest way to do that is in the application process, you put in your national insurance number, which is every employee working in the UK will have a national insurance number. If you don't know where it is, the easiest place to find it is on your payslip. Most companies will put it there. Put that in, and then the government computers will whir away in the background and go, yeah, we know you've paid tax for the last five years, so we know we can give you settled status. And it happens very, very quickly. If you can't prove that, then it might take a few days or a few weeks longer. But it is a very simple system, and most people are getting uh, what they expect. And if you don't get what, it, what you expect, you can appeal. And what does settled status mean, Neil? Settled status means you can stay in the UK in perpetuity, as long as you like. And it's not citizenship, which is an important thing for some Europeans, because let's say you're Dutch. Um, Dutch citizens can't have two passports. If, if you wanted to become a UK citizen, you'd have to give up your Dutch passport. And you may not want to do that. So what you get is settled status, which is not UK citizenship. So you can have it and still keep your old passport. So that's good, and it allows you to live and work, access the healthcare and benefits, and rent. That's another thing, uh, because there will be checks. Um, after 2021, landlords will need to check that you they, they can rent to you. Um, if they're already doing that now, well, that's wrong. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that. But after 2021, there will be uh, a check on that. But it allows you to rent. So you can live exactly as you live now. No problem. Have you been through the process yourself, Vale? Yes, yes I did. Um, I've been in the country for six years, so um, I started my application when there was still like the test um, uh, phase of the, of the process, so it was still £65 at that time that the government gave me back straight away. Well, that's, um, that's true, it's free now, isn't it? It's free, yeah. exactly. And uh, here in Framestore, we're doing like some uh, Brexit surgery every couple of weeks just to help the people to go through the process. 
And uh, as Neil said, is uh, very, very easy. I found it very easy. And uh, I found that the government kept the promise in a way because uh, uh, you don't have to provide a lot of documents. Let's say that someone um, um, is actually eligible for a settlement status, but through the national insurance number, they found some gap in uh, um, in, in the history, uh, and they say no, you actually um, you will get a pre-settle. But just providing like uh, a P60 or um, a bank statement, uh, just one. You just have to basically upload one document, and basically you will get like uh, uh, the settlement status. So. Um, it's very, very easy. Le the only things was like the Android, and uh, so mm. we always had to keep like an Android phone, but now that is also available with uh, an iPhone, probably like it will make like the life of uh, um, the artist a little bit easier for everyone that is actually here. Should we explain the difference between settled and pre-settled? Be because if yeah. you've been here five years continuously, you'll get settled status. Yeah. If you get pre-settled status, it means you haven't been here for long enough, but you can stay after Brexit to build up your five years and then you can get settled status. So it doesn't really matter how long you've been here, you're going to get something yeah. which will allow you to stay. And a qualifying year, you only have to be in the UK for six months out of each 12 months. So it's really very flexible. There's many ways you can build that up. Um, the other thing we should we should mention is if you've already got permanent resident residence, you need to convert that to settled yeah. status. Don't think I've got permanent residence; I don't need to do anything. You do need to convert it. Yeah, and um, unless they want to progress to full citizenship, in which case they should stay on permanent residence. Yeah, but you can convert to full citizenship from settled status anyway. Oh, okay. And the other thing is, if you've got indefinite leave to remain. It's, you don't need to convert that, but it might be in your interest to convert it to settled status. Because once you have settled status, you can leave the UK for five years and still keep your status. Whereas if you're on indefinite leave to remain, it's only two years. So in fact, there's an advantage in converting that. So it sounds like the message is do it regardless of the situation. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. The thing is, it means to your employer there is no visa cost now and there is no visa cost in the future. Yeah. So you are in a prime position to be employed in the UK because yeah. there is no visa cost for your employer to pick up. That will not be the case after 2021. So yeah. you really enhance your employment yeah. prospects in the UK if you have settled or pre-settled status. Yeah. Open your options up. Yeah. yeah, even if you don't intend to yeah. stay or settle, yeah. it's worth doing because yeah. Why not? It costs you nothing. Yeah. It takes you 10 minutes. Exactly. It's very, very easy. That is what I, I found. Like literally like 10, 15 minutes, like you get everything done. Mm. After 12 like months from uh, um, the letter that you receive, everything is electronic, by the way. And uh, you can basically apply for like a, a naturalization and potentially get like a British passport. So again, it's very easy. Yeah. One thing that we ought to mention is you might find that your employers are a little bit kind of reticent to ask you about your settled status. That's because it might they, they don't intend to do this, and I'm sure they don't, but you might perceive it as being a discrimination against you because you haven't got settled status or, or whatever. So therefore you might feel that, oh, well, my promotion or my extension of my contract might depend on this. So you'll find some employers will not ask you, deliberately not ask you, but please do go and tell them once you've got settled status. 
Because one thing we've done is we've done a survey and we know that about half the workforce have already applied for settled status. But actually, when you ask the employers, what do they know about their workforce? How many have got settled status? Hardly any of them know the status of their workforce. It'd be really helpful to let them know that you're staying and you're available for work. But they won't ask you because that could be misconstrued as discrimination. So we've talked a lot about the people aspect, the the people and talent aspect of of Brexit. Um, But what about um, our work? You know, uh, what about work coming into the UK? Has that been so far impacted by Brexit at all? Yeah, but in a positive way, because actually when the um, referendum happened and it was quite unexpected that um, the the result to leave the EU was not fully expected, the pound, the exchange rate between the pound and the dollar dropped quite noticeably, which means since most of our clients have got dollars to spend, their money goes much further in the UK. So... In fact, we've had more business because the exchange rate is really beneficial at the moment. Now, will that change when we ultimately leave? It it will depend on the manner of how we leave. It may go down further, it may come up a bit, but it's certainly not going back to the levels it was in 2008 when it really was not a good place to come and do business in the UK because it was $2 to the pound. So that's been one beneficial effect. The other thing that um, we're very keen to tell our friends across the Atlantic is that our tax credits, which is what attracts them along with the great workforce that we've got and the good infrastructure and the talent that we've got, what really attracts them is the tax credit. And that is not going to change following Brexit. It will always be there. So the underlying business in visual effects is very strong and will remain strong. So we're not expecting any major change in the amount of work that's coming in. There may be some changes in indie film and possibly in animation because of the funding that we will lose from programmes like Creative uh, Europe Media Fund. So that might be a bit of a problem, but the government have got have promised some mitigations against that. There's a thing called the Shared Prosperity Fund, which is basically the £350 million that was written on the side of the bus. We need to get our share of that to compensate us for the loss of access to Creative Media Europe. It's not entirely lost at the moment. There is a possibility that we might buy our way back into Creative Media Europe. Um, But there is some uncertainty around that. But in in terms of the visual effects industry, really, you know, we deal with Hollywood features and that's all priced in dollars and everything is all funded from the the States. So that's going to steam ahead just like it is at the moment. As I said at the at the top of the podcast, today is the 30th of October. In theory, we were supposed to be leaving tomorrow. Uh, obviously, that's been pushed back. But with our best crystal balls, as you said, Neil, what do we think is going to happen with Brexit now? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. To be honest, I think all options are still on the table. We now have the general election. Who knows how that's going to work? Uh, will it be, you know, by uh, December the 12th when we have the election? If the result is that we end up with a big conservative majority, then 
obviously they have a deal on the table, but there's also the chance that they might decide to go for a no-deal Brexit. We just don't know. And it could be that we end up, I think the most likely thing is ending up with another hung parliament. So nobody has control. That will probably be how it arrives. And there will be some further uncertainty. But I doubt whether we, the earliest we could leave the EU is the 31st of December this year. It's more likely to be end of January, but it could even be delayed further. I, I, I've given up trying to predict this. <laughs> Haven't know that. Um, and how do we think, so assuming that at some point it does happen and we, we, we really do leave Europe, um, how do we think that might affect our workforce and our talent pool over the, the longer term? Um, obviously, as we've said, our current workforce are somewhat protected. They can apply for settled mm-hmm. status. They'll be fine. But over the longer term, how do we think it might affect our, our companies? Yeah. I mean, certainly um, at Outpost, our our sort of um, percentage of team members who are non-UK are 40%, which I think is pretty industry standard kind of, you know, ratio really. Um, Majority of those are um, from Europe. Um, So uh, if we don't have access to Europe and that talent pool, then we're in a really difficult position where we've got the work that's potentially coming our way and we, we don't have the talent to fulfill the, or sustain or maintain or grow that industry. So I think it's a, it's a real problem. I don't think there's going to be any cliff edge in recruitment, mm. um, certainly not immediately, um, because there are um, things that will come into play. Even if we have a no-deal Brexit, there's a, as a, as a new visa, which will only, only arrive if, if we do have a no-deal, mm. and this is called European Temporary Leave to Remain, I'm sorry to our European uh, colleagues, English language is very weird. We have two (laughs) meanings for the word leave, and in this case, they're really confusing. Leave in this this case means permission. So if you imagine this is, instead of temporary leave to remain, it's temporary permission to remain. So this is just for European citizens who come in after Brexit. So they're not entitled to uh, be part of the settlement scheme, but you can get this special visa just for a short period. It will last you for three years. It's free. You don't need a job. You can apply for it once you're in the UK. So let's say we leave on the the 31st of January. On the 1st of February, you could come into the UK. You can still work immediately. So free movement, although it might have finished in name, in reality it hasn't. It will continue right the way through next year. So in that period, between the point we leave and the end of next year, you can come in just as you do now. So mm-hmm. there's no cliff edge in recruitment. For, for up to three years? You will, by the end of that period, before we get to the end of the year, you'll need to apply, if you've arrived after the Brexit date, yep. for European temporary leave to remain. Or EuroTLR, it's okay. much more snappy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so it's free, it will last for three years, and then you will be entitled to apply for the new visa system, or your employer will be, whenever the yeah. new visa system is introduced and whatever, whatever like. it is. Yeah. Um, the in- interesting thing is your three years on Euro TLR will count towards permanent settlement if you want it. So it's worth getting. So the challenge for us is then enticing people over or continuing to entice talented individuals across to the UK in that period of time. Yeah. 
it's just getting yeah. getting the message yeah. out. You know, whenever you go to European recruitment fairs mm. or festivals, I'm sure you'll be pushing that message out mm. to people who apply mm. or who are interested in working mm. in the UK. Yeah, and uh, from an HR perspective here, like in Framster, so we will continue to welcome like the people as uh, always we did, like from all over the world. And if uh, uh, European will need like a visa down the line, we will just sponsor them and we'll probably will get uh, into the country. And under the, the day, they are specialized workers. They do like a great job. And if we need that skills, we will be happy to sponsor them to get into the country. Mm -hmm. So um, as Neil was saying, like the government will put in place something and we'll just follow like uh, um, probably like uh, um, the normal like rules so to sponsor someone, whatever it would look like. Yeah, well, this is the, the, the big unknown yeah. at the moment. And, um, Right now, there is a consultation about what that future visa system will look like. Um, we've already had one proposal from the government, but it seems to have been overtaken in the last couple of weeks um, on when they had the Queen's speech. Within the Queen's speech, they announced um, that they would, they're intending to introduce what's called an Australian-style points-based system, which seems to uh, mean that the old proposal that they put out last December seems to have been thrown in the bin. So uh, we are working out what that means, as indeed are the government working out what that means. It's a bit, if I'm going to be a bit political here, Australian points-based system was a phrase that was, um, Nigel Farage first used it. It polls extremely well with the British public uh, because they think it's a way of being fair but tough on immigration. And, but the, the problem with uh, the Australian points-based system in Australia, it's designed to encourage immigration into a big empty country, which is not the political um, wind over here. So I think the government are now struggling to work out what an Australian points-based system really is or what it's intended to do. We're going to do our level best to explain to them what we want it to do. Mm. So that's the big unknown and we have 12 months to sort that out, which isn't a lot of time, but that's the visa system that is likely to come in after the 1st of January 2021. The thing that we'd really like them to, to do is not to impose a very high minimum salary requirement mm. because that would be quite difficult for us. Yeah. The points-based system gives us a way of getting away from that maybe because salary is not a good uh, proxy for skill. It's not a good measure of skill, uh, particularly in the creative industries. So it's quite an unfair measure. So if we can get points, for instance, you've got a good qualification or maybe you've got some experience or maybe you're coming into a, a, a job, you've got a confirmed job offer and that job would be in an occupation that we know as a shortage occupation. Now, the good news is virtually all the roles in VFX and animation are shortage occupations. So if we can prove that, then we've got a good chance of having a visa system that would be easy for us to navigate and, and, and be able to afford. I, I think the other thing to, to say in all of this is that whilst we all always want to have a really diverse workforce in terms of nationality and people's cultural experience and what have you, and so we're never, we're never going to close our doors to anyone from any country in this industry, at the same time, Brexit does give us the opportunity to really think about our homegrown workforce, our UK workforce, and you know, as Access VFX, that is one of our big missions. You know, we spend a lot of time 
going out to schools, encouraging young people to consider this industry as a proper job, encouraging parents and careers advisors to understand what we do. And I think, you know, Brexit sort of gives us the opportunity to really focus on that and, and to try and make sure that we are providing as much skill from the UK as we can, whilst, of course, not, as I said, not wanting to shut anyone out. That's not the goal. But um, obviously supporting our homegrown talent is also really important. It's the talent that matters, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you come from. It's the talent that matters. Final question, because I think we've covered everything else. How can the workforce protect themselves right now from any potential issues that might come up down the line? Apply for settlement. Exactly. <laughs> I was feel like you covered Do it. Do it now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. They should just like uh, um, um, ask, probably go to speak with the HR department. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can give me like some some tips how to do it. Um, or lovely like uh, Brexit surgery, or just uh, even like uh, the um, government we- website is pretty clear, uh, constantly updated with the latest information and uh, um, do it now, not later, because if you got all the information, yeah. uh, if you got like a friends there from Europe, they've been for a while or even for a day, just go and apply because yeah. it's, uh, it will take you only like 10, 15 minutes and uh, it will be done, you can stay, you don't have to be worried about it. Absolutely, I think it's yeah, absolutely really valid thing. And, and also I would say, certainly talk to each other as well. So certainly if you've got other people in your workforce who are from Europe and they've maybe already applied, you know, just talk to each other, ask questions, but yeah, speak to HR, look on the government website, apply ultimately. But um, yeah, I think all those things. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring programme and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening and until next time, bye.